Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. and welcome to the ProReit 2020 third quarter results conference call. At this time, all lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Mr. James Beckerleg, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Gordon Lawler, Executive Vice President, Chief Financial Officer, and Secretary, will make a short presentation, which will be followed by a question and answer period open exclusively to financial analysts. In order to ask a question, simply press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. And if you would like to withdraw your question, please press star then two. For your convenience, the press release along with the third quarter financial statements and management's discussion and analysis are available at prorate.com in the investors section and on CDAR. Before we start, I have been asked by ProReit to read the following message regarding forward-looking statements and non-IFRS measures. ProReit's remarks today may contain forward-looking statements about its current and future plans, expectations, intentions, results, levels of activity, performance, goals or achievements, or other future events or developments. Forward-looking statements are based on information currently available to management and on estimates and assumptions made based on factors that management believes are appropriate and reasonable in the circumstances. However, there can be no assurance that such estimates and assumptions will prove to be correct. Many factors could cause actual results, levels of activity, performance, achievements, future events of development to differ materially from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statements. As a result, ProReit cannot guarantee that any forward-looking statements will materialize and you are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. For additional information on the assumptions and risks, please consult the cautionary statement regarding forward-looking statements contained in ProReit's MDNA dated November 10, 2020, available on www.cedar.com. Forward-looking statements represent management's expectations as at November 10, 2020, and except as may be required by law. ProReit has no intention and undertakes no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statement, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. The discussion today will include non-IFRS financial measures. These non-IFRS measures should be considered in addition to and not as a substitute for any isolation from REIT's IFRS results. For a description of these non-IFRS financial measures, please see the third quarter earnings release and MDNA, a reconciliation of non-IFRS to IFRS results as applicable, may be found in the earnings release and MDNA for the third quarter. Please refer to the non-IFRS and operational key performance indicators section in the MDNA for the third quarter for additional information. 
And I would like to turn the call over to Mr. James Beckerlake. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you very much, Sylvie. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, unfortunately, as all of you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has continued to occupy center stage over the past few months, resulting in high volatility in our industry. So it is with, uh, in, within this qualified context that we are able to say that we're very pleased with the solid third quarter results, which we reported yesterday after markets closed. Our performance across key metrics was robust, I think you'll see, both from a financial and an operational standpoint. I might also say, as responsible corporate citizens during this demanding period, that we have tried to deploy our very best efforts toward protecting the health and safety of our tenants, our employees, and other stakeholders. In the current environment, rent collection capacity is top of mind, and we are therefore gratified with our outstanding performance. Actually, 99.2% of rents, rent was collected in the third quarter and 99.6% in the month of October specifically. These results, we believe, speak to the resiliency of our portfolio and the stability of our cash flows. With respect to the current month of November, I am also pleased to say we now expect to collect over 99.9, I'm sorry, over 99% of our gross rent. These results, we believe, confirm the soundness of our diversification strategy, which benefits from exposure to performing markets and a strong tenant mix. Once again, I think our retail segment is worth highlighting. Fully 99.9% of retail rents were collected in October. The strong performance in, uh, in this, this specific segment of our portfolio during the pandemic is a result, we believe, of 70% of the base rent coming from properties providing essential services and products. These properties are typically anchored by grocery stores and pharmacies. While managing our business prudently, we are focused on maintaining our debt, our, our solid tenant relationships and providing support to smaller tenants negatively impacted by the pandemic. And we've done this on a case by case basis. At September 30th, 2020, granted net deferrals amounted to $700,000. These to be repaid by tenants within the coming 12 months. And to date, the agreed amounts are all being successfully collected. For the third quarter, you will note a $300,000 provision was recorded in relation to COVID-19 bad debt provisions, secret participations, and private rent abatement agreements. During the quarter, we also updated independent external appraisals for 36 of our properties. And this has resulted in a fair market value expense of approximately $3.1 million. This work means that for the nine months period ended September 30, a total of 56 independent appraisal updates have been completed across our portfolio, um, and that's principally during the pandemic period, resulting in a fair market value expense of $5.4 million in all. With respect to leases maturing in 2020, I'm also pleased to say that we have successfully completed 92.5% um, to date with uh, an almost uh, almost average 4% rent increase for the first year, year one of the renewals. As for our occupancy, it remained firm at 98.1% uh, occupied at the end of the first at the end of this quarter. 
Liquidity is also, of course, of considerable importance in the current environment. Our liquidity position remains solid with over $10 million in cash and credit currently available. And we are also involved in negotiation for significant further sources of funds that we expect to successfully conclude in this quarter, in the fourth quarter of 2020. Uh, on the transaction front, uh, we sold a freestanding retail property in St. John, New Brunswick on September the 28th for gross proceeds at the model sale of $5.1 million, but a number well in excess of the property's IFRS carrying value. No acquisitions were made during the quarter. The last months have demonstrated the significant value of our defensive portfolio, we believe, a well-diversified well by asset class and geography. Our commercial mixed use and industrial exposure now stands at 49% of our balance sheet, and the Ontario, Quebec, and Maritime markets account for over 85% of our total portfolio. With respect to distributions to unit holders, 3.75 cents per unit were declared monthly throughout the third quarter of 2020. Well, at that point, I'll turn it over to Gordy to discuss our uh, Q3 financial results in uh, greater detail. Uh, thanks, Jim, and good morning, everyone. Uh, lest we forget uh, on this day of remembrance. Uh, property revenue grew 30.7% in the third quarter, amounting to $17.3 million from $13.2 million for the same period last year. The increase partly relates to the two investment properties acquired in the 12-month period ended September 30, 2020. The year-over-year variance also reflect the timing of seven acquisitions made in September 2019, therefore had a marginal impact on the results of the third quarter of 2019. Net operating income reached $10.4 million, an increase of 22% compared to $8.5 million for the same period last year. The increase is driven by the impact of acquisitions uh, that I just mentioned. Same property net operating income amounted to $7.8 million, down approximately $200,000 compared to $8 million last year, largely attributable to covid 19-related charges. AFFO totaled $5.9 million, uh, an $8.8 million increase, or 15.6% increase compared to the same period last year, again due to COVID, uh, the impact of acquisitions. AFFO payout ratio stood at 76.8% compared to 111% for the same period last year, a 30.8% improvement. This favorable variance is mainly due to the revision of our monthly distribution starting in April 2020. Net loss and comprehensive loss was $0.7 million compared to net income and comprehensive income of $6.9 million for the same period, uh, same prior period. The $7.6 million decrease is mainly due to the difference in non-cash fair value adjustment on investment properties and the increase in interest and financing costs partially offset by the favorable impact of net operating income for the quarter. Now turning to the balance sheet, our debt to gross book valuation was 58.7%, the same as the last quarter, and the weighted average interest rate on mortgage debt was 3.73% at the end of the quarter. We have no mortgages, mortgage maturities coming due in 2020 and with only 6 million coming due in 2021. We are, however, reviewing 2022 maturities for refinancing opportunities. In terms of cash flow, in terms of cash flows, we have adequate liquidity 
position with $10 million of cash and credit available today. During the quarter, we entered into a new non-revolving credit facility of $5 million. As Jim discussed, we're currently in negotiations with respect to other sources of liquidity that should be available in the fourth quarter of 2020. Our weighted average cap rate for the portfolio is approximately 6.5% or $136 per square foot. I'll now turn the call back to Jim for closing remarks. Uh, thanks for that, Gordy. And uh, just to say, although still in the midst of the pandemic, economic activity has started to show some encouraging signs in the markets we're in. There are also some positive indications, which I think you've all seen, that a vaccine may soon be within reach, which will, of course, be enormously helpful. The resilience of both our business model and our people has been put to the test during this period. But I'm proud of all that has been accomplished. Our employees and tenants deserve a heartfelt thanks for how well they have adapted to the many challenges faced uh, in the many markets we're in. Looking ahead, we will continue to manage our business business prudently, to focus on our strategic priorities, as well as on maintaining our solid tenant relationships. With interest rates expected to remain at historical lows over the next few years, we intend to leverage this low-rate environment opportunity to fully optimize our debt stack. In closing, I would like to take this opportunity to thank fellow members of the Board of Trustees again, all my colleagues for their continued support during this volatile period, uh, and the rest of our stakeholders. I have confidence in the future and in our ability to take advantage of opportunities as economic activity starts to resume uh, to the benefit of us all. So that really wraps up our formal comments in this morning. I'll turn the call back over to the operator and she can manage any questions that uh, the financial analysts may have this morning. Um, thanks Thank very much. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question at this time, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And should you decide to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you are using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift your handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star 1 now if you do have any questions. And your first question will be from Li Yan Chen at IA Securities. Please go ahead. Thank you and uh, good morning. Uh, just a couple of uh, quick high-level questions for me. Uh, so just given the prolonged uncertainty, uh, what are you seeing so far in October and November in terms of uh, occupancy for both the retail and office uh, segments? Gordy, do you want to answer? Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's Gordy here. I mean, no change in a retail, uh, no major change in a retail of office, October, November. Uh, we've got uh, one eleven thousand square foot industrial lease uh, coming due in October. Uh, that uh, we don't uh, have a tenant for at, at this point. Uh, so we may have a, a month or two downtime on that one, but largely, you know, uh, consistent with uh, the last three quarters. We don't see any significant uh, square footages um, coming uh, empty before year end. That, that specific, okay. yeah, that specific property, uh, specific spaces in an industrial property in the uh, Point Claire market of Montreal, strong market, so. Um, we think we'll be able to find tenants shortly. Okay, great. Um, and just along the same line, so for both these uh, same segments, retail and office, I was wondering if you could uh, provide us with your views in terms of uh, same property NOI for the next couple of quarters. What would be your um, base, uh, base case scenario? Uh, 
Uh, well, it's Gordy. If you if you have a look, the last couple quarters, um, uh, our retail office occupancy is down uh, slightly uh, quarter over the over the last quarter, but uh, industrial is up. So largely flat uh, on a same store basis, uh, but for COVID related expenses, which is about uh, two hundred eighty thousand for this quarter. So I think uh, next quarter you'll probably see something similar, maybe a little bit less um, uh, from a COVID-related standpoint. The secret participation is about 40000 in this quarter, and we won't have that next quarter. So you could see um, uh, some positives out of that or lack of negatives, if you will, and it just depends on where we end up um, on the same store occupancy, obviously. I've mentioned that 11,000 feet, but uh, uh, just to, you have to figure that into the mix, uh, just the, the way we'd end up for the next couple quarters. Okay, great. Thanks. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Brandon Abrams at Kennecord Genuity. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, maybe just taking a look at uh, 2021, uh, you have about 11% of total GLA expiring. Uh, maybe you could just provide some color as to um, you know, where those maturities uh, will be coming from and, uh, I guess, expectations on uh, on renewals uh, based on conversations with tenants. We, we've, I'll start. Gordy can fill in. Um, yes, we have about 630,000 square feet maturing next year. That's a greater number of square feet than we've had the last couple of years. But uh, it's not a great – it's not a significantly greater number of actual tenancies. There's several larger uh, industrial spaces coming up um, in 2021. We have engaged with all is a pretty precise word, but more or less all of the tenants coming due next year. And uh, and um, most of the conversations are going on a positive basis. We have renewed at this point uh, just a fraction under a third. Okay. Uh, yeah, just to put a little bit more color on it. So we have about 647,000 feet that was uh, due in uh, 2021. We've already renewed uh, 22% of that. So, so the, the amount of higher as of yesterday. <laughs> in uh, yes, yeah, uh, the amount reflected in that um, in the chart is the in uh, the unleased portion there. But 68% of that uh, square footage is industrial. Including um, you know, one 150,000 square foot building that we've uh, working on a deal on with that with with no downtime. So um, there's only two percent mixed use, twenty two percent office, and seven percent retail. So we're looking pretty positive on the renewals the way we see today. And I think Q2 you'll see uh, a larger or the, the next quarter you'll see a larger. Uh, a number uh, across the line because there's there's a lot of that square footage that's pretty close right now. All right. Okay. Now that's a uh, good color. Um, and just uh, focusing on the balance sheet, uh, there's about 35 million uh, drawn on the credit facility. I'm just wondering, given where um, you know rates are, you know, bond yields and rates are today, if there's an opportunity to uh, perhaps shift some of that some of that debt to longer term, maybe more permanent. Uh, mortgages uh it's gordy again um so i mean we have an operating facility uh with td that has has these assets in the mix 
there's a bit of those pieces tied into some 2022 refinancing. So, so we're, we're looking at that for sure. Um, you know, and uh, I mentioned some other liquidity that we're working on where we try to free up the, um, that loan a little bit more uh, as well and reduce the, um, the um, uh, amount outstanding on that loan. So we're hoping we're working on that in Q4. So I think you'll see that 35 million hopefully reduced as well. But um, did, we're looking now 2021, which only has 6 million, but 2022, which is about uh, 75 million. And we're looking at those together as well to see what uh, what opportunities there can be, and that might include rejigging some of the operating facility as well. Okay, no, that's helpful. And then uh, this last question for me before I turn it over. Um, I believe uh, you know, the REIT received uh, 36 uh, appraisals during during the quarter, and uh, and uh, a small write down associated with that. I guess. Um, just in terms of uh, the write down, was what was the driver behind that? Was it a lower kind of uh, net operating income assumption, or uh, maybe a slight increase in uh, in cap rates used by the uh, appraisers? Yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, we did. We did all of our uh, retail. Um, which uh, a lot of it was uh, uh, some of the Rexalls we had west. So we saw a little bit of a creep in cap rate increase uh, in some of those properties, uh, but it was offset by um, some of the appraisals hadn't been done in in a bit, so there was increased NOIs. Uh, What we're seeing, though, in appraisals lately and in the now 56 that we've done, um, not a material change in in cap rates, but you're, you're seeing appraisers uh, increase vacancy allowances and downtime just as another way to, if you will, uh, make the, the NOI number more conservative. So so that's really what we're seeing there. But when you step back at it and look at, you know, over the half portfolio done and, uh, you know, no, no significant uh, changes in, in, in any of this. And we hadn't, haven't done a lot of our industrial as of late, so you know, if you were arguably, uh, there's probably some upside in our industrial as well. That so we can look at that um, the, the next quarter. But um, we basically, on a weighted average cap rate basis, stayed at about six, six and a half, even with all these updates. Okay, that's great. That's helpful. I'll turn it over. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Next question will be from Jenny Ma at BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Going back to the liquidity um, topic, I'm just wondering if you could confirm if the majority or all of your portfolio is uh, encumbered by mortgage or uh, term loan. Uh, Yeah. Take it again. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. We started out. We started out with uh, one asset, and we've grown from there. So yeah, at this point, uh, uh, yeah, we don't have uh, any significant unencumbered assets. Okay. Uh, and then, we don't. Uh, we, ha- we think we have. We might just add on to that. I think we have a variety of assets that might be under leverage compared mm-hmm. to what we, you know, we'll typically mortgage a property at. But yeah, but, but the portfolio is extremely clear. 
Okay. And, and Jim and Gordy, you had mentioned some uh, refinancing opportunities in 2022 and also some things that you're working on for the balance of the year. Are, is there overlap between those two, or is what you're working on uh, over the shorter term uh, a different kind of uh, liquidity that you're trying to access? Um, well, you, you may you may some, see some press releases in the next few weeks on, on a couple of them. So it, it, it's both. Okay, so it's uh, uh, we're working on expansion of um, certain of our lines that are outstanding right now, and I think Gordy touched on looking at um, at uh, 2021, 2022 mortgage maturities where there has been. Um, some reasonably significant um, amortization already and uh, increases in the value of the property. So there may be opportunities there. Um, okay. We've, we've looked at, uh, we reported one property sale, modest property sale this month. And uh, we, are, we are, surprisingly, because everybody used the market as being sort of so frozen, we, we've had a, a variety of inbound um, unsolicited offers in various properties, and we are looking at a couple of the smaller states. Okay, great. Um, and then, so, is some, are some of the moving parts the reason why the term loan that you secured in July is at, at such a short term, knowing that you had some, um, you know, pieces you wanted to move around over the near term? Yes. I think the right answer to that is yes. And, okay. um, and we took it from our primary banker, and it's a type of loan that they're not normally involved in. Okay, great. Uh, and then, so going back to the the, the property that you sold uh, in St. John, so I'm guessing that was an inbound. Uh, was it was it an end user who wanted the property, or what kind of what kind of buyers out there kicking the tires for retail? European investors, cash flows. European investors. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We still Any... uh, and and we kept the uh, management. management of the property as well. So. Uh... Yeah, so we're pleased with that deal. Okay. Uh, do you know if it's their one of their first forays into the market, or are they already involved? In no, 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 they're active investors in the Halifax market. Okay, interesting. No, Americans market. Okay, uh, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what's the right sort of NOI coming off that property, or or some sort of cap rate, if you're able to share that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have to do my math here. Just one second. I didn't have that. Um, yeah, it's about three hundred thousand in in NOI, not probably. Okay, great. Okay, and I then can, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, sir. No, no, that 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 was it. Um, move on to my next question. Uh, so, with regards to uh. The retail portfolio. I think last quarter you mentioned there were some deals that were in place with some lease up to commence in September, October. Could you confirm if that came to pass? Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, I was checking to see if I'm on mute or not, or if Jim is, and waiting for him to talk. It's a little yeah. difficult. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they, we we did have some retail, and that came to fruition. And uh, it's a store in Atlanta, Canada, and I was. I was in there the other day, and it looks great. So four thousand feet was was that was that uh, was that retail, and uh, so nothing fell away on anything that we've talked about. Um, okay. Uh, so it's you know it's it's odd to say that it's 
quasi a little bit business as usual, you know, on, on some of this stuff. So it's, it's an interesting time for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, congrats on a solid quarter, and I will turn it back. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Next question will be from Yash Sengpal at Laurentian Bank. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning. <clears throat> Hi, Yash. Morning. Um, just uh, going back to that uh, liquidity discussion, would you ever consider issuing convertible debt? Um, the opportunity for us to issue convertible debt, we believe, is is always there. Uh, we talk about it as part of our capital structuring from time to time, but we we tended to um, um, shy away from it and, and, and just keep a more uh, um, a, a more conservative um, financial deck. Um, we definitely would never use it as a replacement for what would be equity requirements, meaning meaning um, uh, to to increase your overall debt to equity. Um, and uh, you know our, our stock prices have been trading at a significant discount, so it makes uh, any type of uh, of equity tied issue um, a real challenge and potentially diluted to shareholders. So while we're always looking at capital markets and what's available, then we to date we haven't done, we haven't decided to go down that route. And Gordy has outlined, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the things that we're currently working on. Okay. Um, um, what, and this is about general market. I'm just trying to get your view. What do you think about uh, tenant bankruptcies over the next uh, two, two, three quarters? Um, like, what worries you at this point? We've, um, uh, like, I, like, the, like everybody else, knock on wood when I answer your question. So we've had um, very few, you can see from our bad debt expense, and uh, um, very few um, bankruptcies. I mean, the largest retail one we had, quite, quite frankly, was uh, was a, a Pennington's one retail store, uh, which was closed in the Maritimes. Um, uh, and so we, we don't have any significant identified um, tenants right now that we're, we, we carry great concern over. We do have a list which we follow carefully on a monthly and more frequently basis of tenants which we've identified internally to watch. But um, as you can see, our, our, our payments are remain, remain strong. Um, I guess looking into this fourth quarter, um, the Maritimes suddenly is going into or at least Nova Scotia and the Maritimes is going into some more strict um, um, shutdowns and whether that might affect uh, one or two of the, of the very small handful of independent restaurants we have, I, I'm not sure. But the, that, that type of exposure, yes, we believe is... is um, no, is I was talking about very strong. the general market. Like, not oh, you mean of REITs? Of REITs or retail? Retail. But... Generally, not about your portfolio. Like when yeah. you look out um, and you know see different uh, um, retail tenants in your markets. Like what? Um, what is your biggest concern at this point? Well, again, I'm just I'm trying to answer. And Gordy, if you want to provide some color, you qualified at the end. What what our concern is 
at this point. So we, we don't have a significant um, uh, exposure to the fashion or, or mall, covered mall type, um, indoor mall type tenants, tenancies. And I believe in the retail world, that is where the um, exposure remains. And that would be the area of retail which carries the highest risk. And I, 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 I don't follow it that closely, but undoubtedly there remains um, a retail fashion tenants uh, across the country that uh, remain under stress. But again, not um, always want to be fully realistic, but our, the type of retail exposure we have is actually in many cases doing, doing well. They, they've benefited from the pandemic. They haven't suffered in the grocery and drugstore area and things of that nature. So I don't know if yeah, I'm answering think, your question, but. Yeah, and I think just from a retail standpoint, I mean, it's the same It's the same every year at the end of year or Christmas or holiday time. I mean, there'll be a push. It'll be a different push this year, uh, maybe more online and whatnot, but you'll see some, some groups, you know, try to get through to January and you usually have some bankruptcy surprises January, February, you know, and all the times that I've been a- around. So you'll see that, but I-, I think we still think it'll be, you know, fashion related and that, that type of thing that's not essential service. So that's, uh, that's what we, that's what our thoughts are. Okay. Um, and uh, one more question. Uh, How is your acquisition pipeline uh, looking like, are you seeing a lot of opportunities or are you not, uh, um, looking that aggressively at this point, given your liquidity situation? I wouldn't say we're looking aggressively at this point. We're seeing, I guess, a relatively modest numbers of opportunities that could fit our, our portfolio and strategies as, as we've always presented them. Um, um, we felt in the last couple of quarters that our units were trading at too great a discount to pursue capital raises and uh, as I said we're doing some modest um, sales and that can lead to some potentially modest upgrading of our property portfolio but uh, I think we'll wait for greater stability in in the markets before we return to um, looking for any any very significant um, acquisition opportunities but we're all in this, we're all in this together actually so, you know in the last two or three days since the announcement of vaccines They've been good um, good days for um, people investing in the REIT business, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Perfect. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. And your next question will be from Colin Healy at Haywood Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, Colin. Colin, please unmute your line. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. Um, congrats on a solid quarter. Um, I just wanted to follow up on that last question there. Um, are there any specific uh, regions or geographies that you really like uh, coming out of the pandemic, understanding that you're not um, necessarily going to be too, too active? But where, where are you watching and where are you seeing uh, cap rates maybe um, unfairly high or the m- biggest discounts in the market uh, in, in Canada that you might uh, that you might be able to take advantage of two, three quarters from now? And I guess also, um, I guess, what, what types of buildings or properties would you prioritize? 
we, I think, are pretty comfortable in the geographic markets that we're in right now. And as we return to investing, we would expect to see opportunities in those areas, which are um, uh, the, the Winnipeg market, southwestern Ontario, like not specifically in the GTA, Ottawa, Montreal, and Halifax, Halifax and Moncton. I mean, so, um, uh, the in, uh, industrial properties clearly uh, have um, appealed to us right now because um, the economics around them are more stable. Um, we have started internally um, brainstorming about the kind of um, retail that we are focused on, and it seems to seems to probably be set to come out of the pandemic economy uh, in pretty good shape. And we believe there's a strong future for that kind of stuff, but we haven't made a determination in that area yet. Again, Gordy, if you want to expand, that's fine. No, sorry. I think that's I think that's right. I mean, um, the only issue with industrial is um, is you know the pricing, obviously. So uh, we've been successful though in in buying some um, buildings in Southwest Ontario, and uh, you'll see in the next coming quarters the the rents on those buildings. Um, you know, the, there's some four and five dollar rents on buildings that we have that are that are now six. Six to six fifty, and um, you know they're nowhere near to eight to eight fifty in the GTA, but they're still you know a dollar out of out of market here. So um, uh, if we can see see some of those, even if there's some opportunities where we think the uh, rents are below market, then we might uh, you know we might have to look at look at some of those. Um, you know, there's uh, the cap rates that I, I, are asked today for those is really inherent in in uh in the expected increases in the rents over the next five years so you kind of have to mirror that with the cap rate that you're buying at right yeah for sure um uh, that's good color i appreciate it thanks guys thank you and at this time mr beckerleg we have no other questions registered please proceed Okay, well, I think that probably concludes the uh, call and um, operator. And uh, thank you, everybody, um, for um, dialing in this morning and listening. Management is always available to entertain questions from our investors and uh, certainly from our analysts that follow us. And so um, to all, have a good day and please be safe. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. At this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.